Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. I'd like to officially welcome you, Donovis Odom, to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. I'm Thank so you excited. so much. <laughs> I'm so excited too. Um, so Donovis, everybody, is the curator of Pro Dance Boys, one of my favorite Instagram handles out there that just created this amazing community and support system for male dancers in our space. And so I'm delighted to have you, Donovis. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Of course. Well, you know, I'm going to ask, you have on your Instagram the face of finesse. So I want to hear a little bit about what all these Don Julio face of finesse, like, tell me what that means to you. So starting off with my et name, Donovis, that's my name. So nobody Mm -hmm. else had it. And ironically, I was able to type it in and I was able to get my name accepted as my URL. So that's been that for quite some time now. Don Julio is a name that my friends gave me when uh, we're out and I'm, I'm out of body, out of mind, out of sight. Yeah, my friends, they're like, yeah, that's Don Julio. When They like to say um, when the buttons, if I have on a button-up shirt, when the buttons start to get undone, that's Don Julio. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, like a Rico Suave version of myself. So there's that. <laughs> and then face of finesse, I like to gas myself. And the best way mm-hmm. I know how is to give myself a marketable tag, if that makes okay. sense. Yes. So if I'm like, yeah, this Donovan, this is Don Julio, or otherwise known as the face of finesse. You know what I mean? So if I, like I were to go name. into an audition I, and they wanted me to like just you know give a blurb, I don't like to say, hi, my name is Donovan and I graduated with a degree in public relations. No, I'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. my name is Donovan. I'm here, I'm present, I'm the face of finesse, and da 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 whatever you know so just for the future (laughs) i need to come up with something for myself i love that i mean everybody should be aware of kind of like their brand or if you had like Mm -hmm. three words or 30 seconds to kind of describe who you are what you're about an actual tagline is actually a pretty good idea well i'm a member of alpha kappa psi professional business fraternity incorporated and i had to learn it there too (laughs) oh got you okay See, you just, oh, I cannot wait to get into everything about you. Okay. So let's just start. Tell me about your school. You said you studied public relations. Is that right? Yes. I'm from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, born and raised. Uh, I'm here right now. And mm-hmm. I went to Oakland High School for anyone that's listening and is from the area, Oakland High School. And I graduated 2015, went to MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University from 2015 until 2019, exactly four years in and out. I studied public relations with a double minor in dance and Africana studies. So that's like me just trying to, you know, hone in on myself and utilize my communicative skills and all the Mm -hmm. other skills that I have in such a broad spectrum of a major. And Mm -hmm. I know that I am a very outlandish and very outgoing type of person. And having one track mind is great, but I like to have one track mind in different directions. So if I'm Mm -hmm. able to, you know, steer down this road and then lap it to this road and then intersect it with that road, 
then I'm mm-hmm. gonna go for that full fledged. And that's kind of a testament to my experience in college. I was a member of, like I said, Alpha Kappa Psi Professional Business Fraternity Incorporated. It's a mouthful, but I love them to pieces. Um, yes. That is a professional business fraternity. I joined in 2017. I was an MTSU cheerleader. I was the MTSU mascot as well at the same exact time. Uh, so that oh, was a cool that? experience. Yeah. So um, I tried out my freshman year as a cheerleader and oh, I will actually tried out as the mascot. And okay. our original cheer coach ended up stepping down from his position. And I don't like to use it like this, but he also took some of his cheerleaders too, because they were oh. so loyal to him. They didn't want another coach. He was here for so long. So yes. I understood. I mean, you know, we were a smaller team. We didn't have a coach for a while. So that was maybe something they were looking forward to and they didn't get to do, you know, competing things with them. So mm-hmm. there was that. I was mascot and cheerleader. I did mascotting for two years. So until my sophomore year, and then I was a cheerleader until my junior year. And then I didn't do too much cheering except for my professional team starting my senior year. I was a member of Blue Elite, which were the tour guides, official um, tour guides of the university. So I know all of the knowledge about the university, all of the programs, all those great things to tell yes. prospective students for MTSU. I've done a lot at MTSU. I was a member of MPAC, uh, Middle Tennessee State University Performing Arts Company. Um, that was just a place for anybody in the general area. It wasn't just for students to go and you know, express themselves as choreographers and as dancers. We had contemporary, we had lyrical, we had jazz, we had rock, we had belly dancing, uh, Latin dance, all that stuff. And it was just from local people. We had to audition as choreographers and wanted to teach the students, the dancers, and they auditioned for our pieces. So it was like a whole agency type of ordeal. It was like a baby agency getting us ready for whatever we may have wanted to do. And that was kind of the, the closest that I got to what I was expecting for my college experience being as creative as I was, but I'm glad that I did the professional side too, because I have the different tracks of mine that I'm able to take out of my pocket if I need to. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I've done a lot. You have, that's what I'm just thinking it. And that was a lot and I'm gonna probably circle back a little bit. So um, when you were a cheerleader in college, I cheered at Georgetown as well. And so like the guys that we pretty much begged to join our team back then were We were literally teaching them stunting. And I mean, I didn't teach because that was not my forte either. But just to get them involved with it, we were literally pulling guys that were walking by and just, you know, watching us practice out there. So were you into stunting or were you actually cheering, cheering when you were in college? So I started out as a dancer. I was a member of loyalty dance team. And to say that um, from age 12 all the way up into basically now, um, I don't practice with them, but they're still near and dear to my heart. So I came in expecting to, you know, find my way around the college campus dance. You know, I wanted that to be my thing, but cheerleading ended up just falling in my lap. Um, And yes, I did the base thing. It was me stunting with the girl, you know, tossing her and things like that. I mostly did all girl. So I did side spotting or I did back spotting. um, So I could do all three of those positions. And then closer to the end, I started to fly a little bit, but not at games or anything like that, just <laughs> at practice, trying to get myself uh-huh. ready for whatever else I might've been able to do. But it was basically like your, your traditional cheerleading style, me with the megaphone, mm-hmm. all the guys, and then the girls had the palms and we're doing the band dances. And then we had the dance team doing turns and things. Got you. So it, like you said, you had the opportunity to do the dance company in addition to being a cheerleader. 
what was next for you in terms of your your dance career? Was there any training before that too? I should ask that question. No, actually I'm self-taught 100%. <laughs> um, all YouTube, all just watching people that I looked up to when I first saw mm -hmm. Fuete, I was like, what's that? Got to get that, got that. Um, so that was basically <laughs> how I did my whole thing. Wow. The, my journey with dance started with me being a baseball player. I was a baseball player for like six years. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah, and I loved it for quite some time. And then I found out that there was something in me that I wasn't getting out by playing baseball. And one day I just mm -hmm. cried to my mom. She'll probably be able to tell you this story. I just cried. I said, I don't want to go. Like, I don't want to go. She's like, why don't you want to go? I already paid all this mm -hmm. money. Why don't I you paid all this money. <laughs> right. And I'm like, no, I just don't want to go anymore. Um, it had not too much to do with it, but I was the only African-American male for two of those teams prior um, when I was growing up, I was younger. It was more guys and girls that looked like me. And it was very spotty once I got older into the sport. Ooh, and yeah, yeah, it's like the big money maker sport. Yeah, I was pretty good. Um, my family just told me that I was like really fast. I didn't think that I was that fast, but they said that I, they thought that I was going to do that throughout my years. But <laughs> they knew what it was when they saw me on stage for the first time in The Hungry Caterpillar. They were like, that boy is, he is, yep, destined for that. So, wow. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where it trickled over. And then I joined Loyalty Dance Team, like I said, um, in 2011, I believe. I was 12 years old. And since mm -hmm. then, I have danced on so many stages from America's Got Talent season woo, 14, I think. I was on BET's 106 in Park. I did their Wild Out Wednesday dance competition twice. I did BET's Blaze the Stage. That was an old school dance battle they used to have in the Bronx. I mean, Brooklyn. And mm -hmm. oh, I'm a two-time World of Dance champion. We won uh, World of Dance Atlanta twice. I think that was 2013 and 2014. If you go in wow. there, look up Loyalty Dance Team. We did Wakanda theme. And then we also did Harley Quinn and The Joker. We won with both of those themes. We were known for yeah. our crazy themes. Yeah, I've done, I've done eh, a lot of stuff. Uh, we tried out for the actual uh, World of Dance TV show. Um, they didn't take mm -hmm. us, but that was an awesome experience. But individually, I'm just not like really stepping out into the world for myself um, to mm -hmm. answer your question. And there mm -hmm. wasn't really a what's next because I like to live day by day. Some people listening may not agree with that, but I've learned from my experiences as a creative that if you plan too far in advance, you won't allow the Lord to you know, let what happens happen. If you're trying right. to control and control, and that was my problem throughout college because from freshman year of high school, when I joined my dance team and my first day of high school, I went to New York to film Wild Out Wednesday, 106 in Park. And I came oh. back that week. Yeah, I missed my whole first week of school. And people were like, where were you? I was like, oh, I was in New York. Uh, what were you doing in New York? I was on 106 in Park. You were on 106 in Park. I'm like, yeah. And that was not even like me trying to showboat. It was just a natural mm -hmm. thing because I was so used to something like that. So it's always been like a day-to-day -day process for me, just trying to figure out what I want to do next, as opposed to what I need to do next or what I expect do. myself to do next. That's mm -hmm. really kind of how it's been going around. I like that uh, perspective because life definitely takes you in some windy roads and it's not a straight shot. I mean, it's great to set goals and to have ideas right. and things to achieve. Um, but how you get there is the beautiful part. It's it's always and that's the best part. Yes, yes, yeah. If you're open to it and just kind of taking it as it comes, and 
whether it's setbacks or achievements, whatever, it's just part of that mm-hmm. process. I just think you'll get so much more out of the experience if you have that kind of mindset. Um, mm-hmm. How did the idea of becoming a professional cheerleader then come into the mix for you? So good old story. I was, <laughs> <laughs> so um, ending of my junior year, so fall 2018, I think, I was working at Journey Shoes in the mall. I was just doing my whole thing, nine to five, you know, trying to make it through college, not really worried about too much of anything. I had stopped cheerleading for MT. So I was, you know, living my best senior life. And I had a friend that was on the dance team at MTSU. And she ended Mm -hmm. up making it on to the team that I'm on now. And she went through her whole rookie season and then her second year had came through and we ran into each other while I was at work. She was walking past my store. I was like, hey. She was like, hey. And then she walks into the store, doubled back. She was like, hey, do you want a job? And I was like, well, I'm at my job. And my boss was standing like kind of right there. And she was like, doing what? And um, So we try to take uh, my, my friend. <laughs> right. My friend, when she was like cheering. And I was like, oh, oh I think I might want to do that. And my uh, manager, she was like, yeah, that's near and dear to you. So that might be something good for you. And then she was like, yeah, it might not take them away too often and things like that. So I ended up working for marketing and promotions of the company that I work for now. And Mm -hmm. I did that for a year. I performed on and off with the team. And then my next season, which was 2019. So I was technically a rookie for three years. But we'll get through that. Yeah, kind of. So (laughs) I I did my rookie season with that. And then I did my actual rookie season in 2019. And then 2020 happened. And we didn't have a rookie class. So I was still a rookie. So that's basically why I say that. Okay. Okay. So that's basically how I got on. So she introduced me to an opportunity. I took it full fledged. We had a change in direction. We had a change in management. We had a change in staff. And I ended up trying out for the team. And I've been here since three years ago. Wow. Well, that's exciting. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes in the broader pro cheerleading space of more teams going co-ed or just going different directions and more opportunities opening up for male dancers. And so I want to pivot and just talk about your inspiration and everything that went into creating Pro Dance Boys. And I'm just all ears and I'll probably just ask more and more and more questions. But tell me how you got inspired to start that and what it really truly entails beyond the Instagram. Like, I want to know all the deets, whatever you're willing to share, but all the deets. I got you. No, no, I've been waiting to tell this story because it's a new story and a new chapter of my life. So Pro Dance Boys, something that I have always wanted to do, but I never really knew how to do it. Cause coming from mm-hmm. a young African-American boy who likes to dance in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, there's not too much out here for us. If you don't have that outlet, if you don't have a mentor as I did in, in either of those facets, it's hard to find mm-hmm. what you want. It's hard to find somebody to look up to. It's hard to find good trouble to get into so you can have an adventure as opposed to the bad trouble or like bullying and things like that to stay right. away from. And you don't also have people sticking up for you because you might have a camp counselor let's say we're at camp you have a camp counselor who's like leave that boy alone and then snickering oh, they laughing at him because he likes to dance I don't know why he likes to dance so it was like mm-hmm. that thing all the time it was like how do I trust you when you're also snickering after you tell them to stop snickering at me right. so it was me basically creating an outlet to say here you are a little black boy here you are a little white boy here you are a little Hispanic boy because there's a place 
where you can find direction. There's a place where you can find love. It's me being dramatic, but I just want you to know the amount of gratitude I have towards the people that are involved with the page. It means a lot to me because there's somebody out there as I did, didn't have something like this. So as you may know, me and all of the NFL boys, we are just tight as peas in a pie, you know, like we've, like we've known each other forever, you know, from Quentin and Napoleon all the way to Driss and Steven. And then you have Joe, Joe Thomas and um, Justin. And, you know, you have uh, Dominic, you have everybody, you know, yes. everybody that's on all these teams right now. I forgot Jesse, Dylan. Well, there's so many now, which is a beautiful <laughs> thing. <laughs> there's so many. I love everybody. I want to give everybody a shout out. Shout out to all the yeah. boys. <laughs> so they were also gracious as to, you know, help me get some content started so everything they posted on their page i was assuming that their directors and their teams and the people that are behind them in their contract situations were okay Mm -hmm. with. so i would start it off by taking things from their pages asking them if i could take it and going forth with that and then i started taking from the team pages every time they had posted or you know shouted out some of the boys doing their thing i would do that Mm -hmm. you know made sure i shouted out everybody gave everybody the credit they needed to and all those type of things for copyright purposes and for, you know, the content purposes. Mm-hmm. And it just has been just spiraling, not out of control, but it's just been spiraling from pro dance, like NFL cheer to NBA cheer to mm-hmm. HBCU cheer to, you know, boys dance too, to the Black Girls Cheer page and, you know, mm-hmm. all these different pages. Next level, we had a collaboration for the all-male dance intensive so that was really cool. Just that was my first time being able to use the name and collaborate with someone. And, you know, just creating a platform for myself, but not only myself, creating a platform for anybody who wants to tag along on this train and help it keep rolling. Yes, because I will never forget. I was so excited when I saw the page pop up. I was like, who did this? This is genius. This is amazing. Like, this is perfect because it creates, you know, a community and just, Oh man, I was just so pumped. And then like, mm-hmm. I don't remember when it was that I t- associated you with it, but I was like, I knew it. But anyway, <laughs> the point is, I just was so excited and just seeing glimpses of the Zoom calls that you guys would have together. And mm-hmm. just, I just love bonding and bringing people together. And it has to feel so good for people who are looking at, you know, all the pro cheerleaders, pro male dancers that are out there who are aspiring and want to be part of that. And it just seems like such a open armed community of like helping people make teams and just, yeah. I just, it just sounds amazing and mm-hmm. a really just a great community to build. I just yeah. can't say enough. I just think it's a brilliant idea. I know there's just been a lot of tension around uh, the creation of co-ed teams and, you know, yeah. I'd like to assume that most of these female dancers on teams are welcoming and that male dancers are added in a way that's thoughtful. And so that there's not kind of like those kind of issues. And I'm hoping that the fans are receptive. There's things that I'm just like, I've been hoping and hoping that it's been a welcoming and inclusive environment. Do you find as you've created this community that there are common issues, concerns, or experiences that male dancers have faced as part of pro teams or has it been all just wonderful and no issues whatsoever? I mean, there's ups and downs and goods and bads to everything, but it's all about Mm -hmm. the way that you finesse it and um, go about the situations. So I like to think of this community and the the blueprint of pro dance style as like authentic, like fame 
or you know um mm -hmm. the chorus line the musical i don't know if you know of the chorus line so mm -hmm. when i think of that it wasn't designed for just women so if anybody that was like in the older generations of nfl dance this is not just me trying to diss old school nfl cheer or anything like that mm -hmm. because you came from that beautiful era <laughs> but <laughs> i would say it is jazz authentic hard hitting you know technical dance you don't even have to be trained in it those were those dancers like i always love um the main cast of fame because they set the tone it wasn't about how high your leg would go and it wasn't about how fast you could spin it was about the way you made people feel when you walked off that stage and mm -hmm. i always say there's a difference between dancing to be seen and dancing because you know someone's watching i know mm -hmm. all of the boys in the nfl are dancing because they know that everybody is watching them that's why everybody is out there doing their thing so yeah. i haven't had to answer your question i haven't had much bad at all I have had no bad encounters with any of my teammates or alumni. They actually all love the fact that I came in because I am the first male dancer for my organization. So it was just me setting the tone and they applauded me with the way that I went about it. And mm -hmm. I would say that as giving a, a dropping a jewel for whoever might be listening and maybe wanting to get into the pro dance genre of dance and is a male. It's not about coming in and trying to dance like a girl. Uh, be yourself 100%. I'm not saying dim your light at all. What I'm saying is fit the mold of the brand of that team. If you need to come in with shorts and a tank while all the other ladies have on shorts and a sports bra, do that. Don't come in in sports bra. You know, something as simple as mm -hmm. that. Or like mm -hmm. when you're doing your turns, make sure you're pulling up. You look just like this girl that's been training for 15 years because I had only been training. I did ballet for three years in college. That was my first set of training that I ever got. And I went in there and I made sure my bottom miles were where they needed to be. My turns were where mm -hmm. they needed to be. My terminology was where it needed to be. I made sure that I reached out to alumni to, so I could see if I fit the mold of the team that they had once before. And then I made sure mm -hmm. that I spoke with certain individuals that worked with the new director so that I knew that I was what she was looking for and what the, the mask I was looking to work with. And, you know, all the assistance, everything that I did was so strategic. And I was mm -hmm. trying to make sure I did what I needed to do to give the role due diligence. Okay, we're going to pause on that point. Because I think when people say, you know, research your team, research your team, I don't know, maybe it's just not clear enough what the real true due diligence that we're talking about really is. And everything that you said to me is beyond, I think, what a lot of people think about in terms of making sure that they match the vibe and the brand of the yeah. team. Yeah which you would have to find out and ask. I just think people have a different understanding of what researching the team actually means. You know, yes, the football knowledge and team organizational structure and all that kind of stuff, but really doing your due diligence of knowing what they're looking for, the body of work of the people who are leading the team. Like you said, the alumni perspective, so many different angles to really do your due diligence. I think that's great. Yeah. And I work with Pro Dance Prep now. They have also brought to my attention that there are certain individuals that feel like they don't even need to train. That's like the first step to try and get to a team. Before you even look up the team, you need to find yourself a trainer, that a trainer that's been on a team, a trainer that has yeah. made a team, a trainer that has made a team for a, a good number of years, maybe had leadership positions and things like that, because that's what I did. I made sure that the, the girls that I were talking to, they had statutes, we can say respect, had a high mm -hmm. level of respect from their, their community. And then I ended up getting on to the sideline team 
with the Pro Bowl cheerleader from my organization. So that was even more, that was my rookie season. So that was even more leadership that I was so happy to be able to grasp on. I was just a sponge my rookie season because everything yeah. she said, everything she did, all the way down to her mannerisms, when she picked up her palms, when she flipped her hair, when she rolled them up, it was just like, ah, the essence that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. let's put a male spin on it. Not even like saying like, let's masculine it up because there's too much toxic masculinity as it is. But um, <laughs> just saying like, put that Donovan Swang on it. I have a rally towel instead of a palm. Let's make the people look at it. And I get compliments on my rally towel um, movements and stuff like that. My swag with that all the time. Yes. So I think we're just growing. We're creating a style. We're creating that ambiance of males and females. Because there's going to come a time when the team's going to be 10 males and 10 females. What are y'all going to do? Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I think I've been debating cheer chat for this episode. I know that there's, uh, when I asked about feedback of what people wanted to talk about this season, you know, the dynamic or the debate, I don't know what you want to really call it, co-ed teams, the pros and cons and kind of like where that's going. And there's all these mixed mm -hmm. emotions about um, maybe from female dancers about not having as many spots on teams and just this competitive vibe and I think it's really telling, like you said, it's probably going to get to that point where it is half and half. And what are you going to do? Like you said, what like, are you going to do? <laughs> and where should the real focus of the conversation be? I will never forget somebody wrote in and said, do the female dancers really, really, truly embrace male dancers being on teams? Like for real, like that literally was how it was worded. I go back and forth on this, but it sounds like a lot of the female dancers are feeling like maybe that feeling of intimidation around the fact that it probably will be even at one point. But growth did not come from comfort. Yeah. Without yeah. any pressure, there would be no diamonds. When I come from it, because I have high expectations and high respect for the most challenging and most body pursuing career on this planet, and that is dance. So if you're mm -hmm. here to dance, like you can ask any of the rookies that came in to our clinic not too long ago. When I went up to the front of the room, I said, y'all better dance. And everybody was like, yeah, all right, let's go. You got to set the tone because it's not about you being a male or you being a female. And this is the industry and this is what they want. And this is what it was. It's not about that. It's about taking these changes and creating something beautiful out of it because it can get so far as to being so you think you can dance. It can get so far as to you not needing an agent or a manager or anything like that. Your funnel team is an NFL pro team or just a pro team in general. And then you can get representation and all that stuff after that. Because if that's what it's gonna be, then let's make sure that we're being as professional as the following suit with the new direction. Now, cheerleading can go as far as we want it to go as long as we are tailoring it towards athletes as opposed to male and female. And that was the only part of the conversation about, it was before unionizing, it was about males and females and you had this clubhouse meeting about and things like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I listened in on it and it, it's not about, which it's 100% it's about it, but it's not about the females being disrespected. It's about these athletes being treated like trash like, mm. if you need to look at it like that. Just because they have hair, they wear bras, and they wear shorts does not mean that you need to tatter them down on the spectrum of respect when it comes down to your organization. Because they do, if not twice of what the players do, and so on and so forth. So why are these athletes being treated as such? 
Mm-hmm. That's how I've been and looking I, at it. No, and I, I appreciate that perspective. I think it's definitely been troubling because you wouldn't think of this happening to an all male anything in terms of a group yeah. of athletes that would be treated in that disrespectful way. And so it's hard to remove the element of sex there and say that that it's not only happening to a group of women. But I think to your point, as these teams do evolve to being co-ed and they can remove this target of we're just going to do willy-nilly whatever we want with this program and it's treated like it's really a true amount of respect for the whole entire program as athletes male and female then maybe we will get somewhere in terms of the treatment being elevated but it's been very very interesting because I think people have focused well it's easy to focus on just the teams dismantling and the way that they went about it and so you have this really, really crappy segment of the story, right? That is just how they went about dismantling a program or treating the women. But like you said, there is an opportunity and space for something really beautiful to be created. And at the end of the day, we're really, if we're looking at talent and having the most dynamic, you know, entertainment team professionally, then it's really going to just be who best fits that bill in terms of just that showmanship. And I think I'll say this, and it's probably not going to be very popular, but I do think that in the traditional sense of cheerleading with all female teams, I can say because it, it kind of got run in the mill where it's just like, you just know you need to look beautiful. You kind of had the same expectations year after year going into auditions. And so it's kind of easy to say that perhaps there was just a sense of like, I don't have to be exceptional. I have to be like better than all the rest of the women that show up, but just kind of like, you know, do the same old thing that's been done. And because the space is evolving, yeah, you actually do have to show out, like show up, show out. And maybe you're not going to make the team if you're just kind of like average-ish, you know, if there's somebody who stands out and it's drawing your eye. I mean, and that's just, I just think that's where we are. And if you don't have your showmanship up on like 10, then you're going to get outdanced. And I think that's just, it's not so much a male, female thing. I think it's really just, how are you representing yourself and how are you being a true standout in this space. I don't know, that's just from watching some of the videos and just understanding the direction that some of these teams are going, at least as an observer, that's what I'm looking at more so now. I don't care if it's a male or female who's catching my eye. It's just like, who is really just serving up all of the things? It's just the extra. I wanna see the extra and whoever's bringing that, I think is who's gonna be making these teams. And if it ends up being 10 and 10, male and female, then it is what it is. Yeah, I just see it, like I said, I love to live in the 80s because 80s jazz is my favorite style. And when I look at all that jazz, when I look at, like I said, the chorus line, when I look at fame, Mm -hmm. when I look at, um, and then even coming back to like nowadays, you have High School Musical, you have the, the rendition of fame, you have the rendition of cats. Males and females working collaboratively in the dance facet is a beautiful thing whether you're mm-hmm. holding a rally towel or you're holding a palm, as long as y'all are hitting that eight when you need to, and then you sit there and you take in the audience's roar for you and you're just taking in that experience. That's how I felt my very first time performing in our quarter break routine. When we all hit it, we ended with a boom. And then it was just like, yeah! And I'm like, wow. You know, I've danced on TV. I've danced for very big crowds. But there's nothing like working with a team of people and performing live for a huge audience. I want everybody to hone in on that, the idea of meshing the people that are a part of this, because it shouldn't just be 
what the old, I mean, I mean, and not saying it shouldn't just be, but it, it can be so much more than what it was. And you're hitting that point and we're both hitting that point. And I'm appreciating mm -hmm. that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's something that's not easy to wrap your mind around. I mean, I know right. I feel like with the, my own program and some of the changes where I'm just kind of like, it's not that I don't think that the team can be better than what we used to be or anything like that. Sometimes it's the journey of how you get there. And I, I'm just going to absorb that it's going to be bumpy and you're not going to yeah. nail it the first time, uh, that it might be a little confusing and you're trying to find your way. But ultimately, what I've learned, I'll say for myself over the last couple of years with the podcast, I think we were, Brittany and I were always super excited about male dancers joining this space when Quentin mm -hmm. Napoleon and Jesse had their uh, first season in that way. And obviously, shout out to all of the male cheerleaders that were part of these teams as centers mm -hmm. and all of that. But I think in just having conversations with like Derek from Wizards and Durante that danced with uh, the Trailblazers, like just different people that kind of like made me think there's males that love to dance just as much as you know women love to dance and the opportunities to be able to showcase that talent why wouldn't people want to embrace that and have just that mindset it's a beautiful thing like you said to present those opportunities and it's not just oh there's males that are interested in dance let's just give them a hip-hop team <laughs> and they can yeah. have their thing because it's not um, just talking to people where it's like, no, I don't want to, I'm not a hip hop dancer just because I'm a male dancer. I actually can do pirouettes and I want to do all of the things. Yeah. Um, so it's just broadening um, the understanding of like really what that opportunity represents and mm -hmm. not just for one particular gender over the other. And like I said, it's just something that you kind of have to really work at it in terms of embracing it if you're not coming from like a place of feeling threatened by the presence of additional opportunities for male dancers. Right. And I also feel like that opens up a door for education for anybody that like ladies that want to try out for these teams, go to a pop lock class. Break dancers that want to try out for this team, go to a technique class, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. vice versa. And the whole way around. I mean, we did a Latin routine, a salsa routine. We did a hip hop routine. We did a palm routine. We did a country routine. Our mm -hmm. choreographer makes sure that we are well-rounded as a team and individual. She has classes like every week. Monday is hip hop, Tuesday's technique and so on and so forth. So we have opportunities that are open and doors that are open for us to take advantage of these skill set building um, mm -hmm. opportunities, as I'm gonna say again. But it's just when you don't train and when you don't care or if you feel like you've already met the quota of knowledge and training that you may need for this industry, then that takes the fun out of it. That takes the journey out of it. And that takes the love out of it. Because who wants to be dancing better than the person next to them? If I'm not hyping the person that's auditioning with me up to at least get up to the caliber of energy that I'm at, then I'm bored or I haven't done my job as a vet or I just haven't done anything as a creative to help enhance myself in that next person. Like I said, Males and females, two individuals, multiples of individuals working collaboratively to create a picture such as dance is a beautiful thing and more people need to really understand that. This was definitely one of the things that I was hoping our conversation could really be about because, you know, it's really just kind of putting yourself in a space where you're seeing the opportunity, you're seeing, and like you said, just like the crossover where if we're all truly respecting pro dance as a dance form, if you will, like pro style, dance is different, I think, from some of the other genres. But 
understanding that to really entertain these crowds these days, it's fine to say that they're looking for a little bit more variety. I know when I did the NBA dance team playoffs and I was watching all of the dance teams in the NBA, looking at all their performances and trying to kind of curate that competition, I can say that it gets to a point where it can get boring. You need something in there to kind of spice things up. The most technically wonderfully executed routines that's probably more the traditional style. Like, yes, it's pleasant to watch. And you're like, mm-hmm. or they were perfectly in sync, their lines, but I'm not entertained. And it's a weird feeling yeah. to have, but I just think that if you can kind of just think objectively about the whole space and realize that you need a little something more or something different, just mix it up or whatever. And then also mm-hmm. layering in just what that team looks like, because mm-hmm. I think it is exciting and it's inspiring to a lot of people who are, looking at entering this space. And I just think, you know, maybe teams could be more thoughtful about the way they go about it. Who knows? But <laughs> I think the end product, maybe five years down the road, not even five, we're moving fast. I feel like in the next three right. years, maybe what we're going to be seeing in terms of game day entertainment is going to be very different from the traditional, what it was. And right. in some cases, I think there's going to be people for sure who prefer that and the traditional uniform, the traditional, all of the things that go with an all-female team and all and I think that's fine, too. I think depending on the market and the team, they're probably going to decide whether is the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders ever going to be integrated to have male cheerleaders part of it. We don't know. There are not that many left, I think, that are going to be in the true, true traditional sense of what a team has been like. But it's going to be interesting to see over the next few years, like where teams mm-hmm. really go with it. So you said that like you've had a great positive experience. And I'm assuming that just with all the excitement that a lot of the male dancers, too, have probably had a great and amazing experience representing their teams and reaching this level. Do you see any areas of improvement for how the teams are moving co-ed or just how they can support male dancers, anything that maybe they're not thinking about that they should be? So as long as you have a secure set of individuals that are picking and choosing these individuals that are wanting and are pursuing these teams, then you can't go wrong. Now, Mm. when you start to tailor it towards something that it's not, it can be that huge gray area where anything anything goes. And I've seen that, but then once you take that gray area and then you you make it a little bit more defined as to what it should Mm -hmm. be, what it should look like, the traditional things, you know, all those types of things, then it starts to get better because you start to really understand that this is why they're upset. This is why you're getting so much backlash. This is why blase, blase, blase. Once you really like focus in on it, which is what I'm glad that my organization has done. We focused in on it, took it from this department and put it in this department, took this funding and gave it this funding, you know, took these people and put them in charge of that. You know, it's okay to change. Like you said previously, it's okay to see change. It's okay for things to, you know, be out of control because once they come back into control, you know, Rome wasn't made in a day and it was destroyed and it was destroyed just almost as quick, you know? So Mm -hmm. as long as you have a grounded foundation, it will not fail because you have people that genuinely care about it. And I'm saying this because I genuinely care about it. I'm sure you feel my energy through this camera. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) If you have people that genuinely care about it, then it can't go wrong. You have dancers, you have choreographers, you have people from media, you have 
uh, photographers, you have videographers, people that are looking for a sellable face. It doesn't have to be a thin face. It doesn't have to be a thick face. It doesn't have to be a dark face. It doesn't have to be a light face. A sellable mm -hmm. face, someone to represent an organization to its entirety, and then also do it in such a poised manner, that's a baddie. Yeah. And just recognizing that, you know, because I know there's so much emphasis on dance and all of that, but that whole package, it's just like that it factor that's not just the dance. I mean, yes, you yes. need to wow me in your performance and your showmanship, but... But if you can't keep my attention, then why are you here? Exactly. And I just think that that's where, and I'm not even attacking women or anything like that, but it's just in terms of sitting on your laurels and really not pushing yourself to that next limit where you can say that, yeah, I just think being basic or average in this space, like it's a huge achievement to make it as a pro cheerleader. Don't get me wrong. But I think for people, when you make it year to year or whatever, I just think people tend to kind of rest on their laurels a little bit and they don't have that kind of like fire under their butt fire that that sense of like conducting yourself not as like a celebrity in the sense that you're better than anybody else but just having that presence of like who yeah. is that person or I want to be like that person and it's that kind of quality that you really should be striving towards and bettering yourself at all times to kind of stay at that level and I just I think got lost a little bit yeah and if you walk talk look that that you just described then mm -hmm. there's no way that the respect isn't going to come I could go, my dance team, we were reigning champs for a long enough for me to walk into a room in one of these underground dance competitions and myself to not have, I'm not going to say to my own horn, I ain't got to pay. I ain't got to do this. I ain't got to do that. But people know like that you should know when you walk in the room, people should know. It doesn't even matter. Do they cheer for that team? No, those are, those are them. Yes. And then yeah. you hold yourself like that when you walk into the stadium. When you're getting ready, when you're talking to the fans in the tunnel, when you run out on that field, you're holding yourself with poise. That's what this whole industry is about. It's not, like you said, it's not about dancing. It's not about being the best dancer. It's not even about being the best personality. It's about, like you said, being the full package. Can you answer questions? Can you, can you gravitate towards good energy? Can you take a bad situation and make it good? Can you feed the homeless and make sure they want you to come back? Can you lead a team of 30 individuals every Sunday or every day that you practice? Can you walk into practice setting the tone? Can you stretch them out perfectly? It's just like, it's a whole sequential thing that goes into it. And you don't know about it until you get into it because your first season, you're a sponge. That second season, once you start to get the style and start to learn the way that things operate and things like that, that's when you start to turn into that true professional. That's, yeah. when, you, that's when it starts, the wax starts to dry because you're starting to really understand, oh, this is something that I need to really take seriously. I may not have went to college to dance, but I'm 18 and I'm getting the respect that I need to from this protein. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. grow up and make sure that you hold it up high. That's the thing. And I feel like if people, whatever your feelings and background and story, I mean, we can let certain things roll off our back, but that's how I'd love to see everybody come out of some of the challenges that our industry has faced is just you still have to be that person. I mean, in that full total package and holding yourself to that standard. And I think if you focus on being that, living that, walking that, you will stand out amongst all of these people who are auditioning virtually for all these different teams. There will mm -hmm. be that it factor that sets you apart from the dancer who can do, who can maybe dance circles around you because of all this technique and training. But, you know, you focusing on being that full package, I think is probably what will a, it will help people not feel intimidated by things moving in the co-ed direction because you're going to have to be that dancer, whether you're male or female, 
focus on yourself in that way, right? Like don't think about yeah. your competition as the other redheads that are there or anything like that. It's just, you have to be yeah. the best amongst right. everyone. Yeah. And it's yeah. crazy because you, you hit a good point. Great point. These virtual audition submissions have changed the game completely. <laughs> And coming from seeing the old school, seeing the transition and seeing the new school, this has changed the game in such a way as even though you may not have made one team and even though you may try out for another team, you have to make sure you're at your best self because there's somebody, as I've posted on the page, to somebody's that may be able to dance just as hard, just as good and as identical to you. But what about you is going to help you stand out? What about you and your work ethic and your personality and all these other things that go into it is going to help you make this protein? Yeah. Boy, I had a rude awakening, not rude awakening. I had a great awakening, an exciting awakening this past audition season. And because it gave me the vibes that I needed. It gave me dance for your life. It gave me learn this new skill. Like I didn't have a solid aerial until the day that I turned in my solo submission because I knew that every other guy and basically almost every other girl that made this team has one. You know, I knew, like, I made sure I did not did the research on the people that were coming in, but had the expectation of greatness. So you're going to have to level up. If you have a, a layout, get a step out. If you have a step out, get a full, you know, if you have a double turn, get a quad. If you have a quad, get a uh, triple Alice cone turn out into a flying saucer, roll out of that and do everything else that you need to make sure that you're leveling up because just because you get this mm-hmm. captain captain position, just because you may be in the running for Pro Bowl, just because of all these things that are coming up, someone is gunning for your spot. I don't know if you forgot, but <laughs> somebody's like right there. <laughs> right there. But that's right what you said. Like the dance for your life part is what maybe got a little removed from our space for a while. And it's turned uh-huh. up at this point. Like you said, virtual auditions and it not being limited to who's in your geographic area. And it's just that time to mm-hmm. it is what it is. Out. It is. I mean, what you gonna do? And exactly. I think there's you know, it's it's challenging. And I know there's people who, like I said, may be frustrated by some of the changes, but if you focus on yourself and thinking of ways that you can be improve and be a better dancer, there's new skills that you can gain from taking different types of dance classes, just really just trying to be as well-rounded, both as a performer, honing in on what life experiences even can help you stand out. Like if you try something you haven't tried before and that ends up being like a great interview topic if you can fit that in to talk about what you've gained and what you've experienced like there's so many ways to prepare for this space and you know I think people keep a full full perspective of what this really truly is about and hold themselves to that standard I think you'll just embrace it more I think at the end of the day it won't be this fight and tug of war yeah. of what is versus what was it'll just be if I want to be a part of it truly want to be a part up. of it yeah and there's, that's just, it is, it is what it is. And it could be, a, it is what it is. Yeah, it's just going to be exciting to watch. That's all I can say this season in particular, I'm really pumped to see what some of these teams do and whether it really truly ups the entertainment factor mm-hmm. for what we do and the respect and hopefully the pay and all of the things that can come from new standards and different support from the organizations to, to, like you said, maybe shift things around or really market the team effectively and different things like that. I'm excited to mm-hmm. see what excited to see what comes. 
But hey, the name of this episode needs to be I Ain't Mad At You. Ooh, I, this is the first time somebody gave me <laughs> song toys. I love it. I love it. Because what what's what you gonna do? I mean, exactly. what did I have? It reminded me of the episode. I think I called it Can't Knock the Hustle, but I was just thinking about directors or something. And it's just like, you can't be mad. You just can't be mad. Right. You exactly. can't be mad. Mm-hmm. I ain't mad Thank at you for your song title. I love it. Don't be mad <laughs> at Pro Dance Boys neither, because I'm trying to get every, I'm trying to get everybody shouted out. That's another thing. Shameless plug. If you have content, let's get it yes. seen. Like, Okay, so I had an experience. Let's put let's put this out there. Had someone that I reached out to because I do that, you know, as a real PR person, you're going to reach out to those individuals that you know have the goods and you know want the people that want to see them. I had someone ask me or tell me that they were only going to be able to be displayed on the page with compensation or a monetary agreement. I, I thanked them for that information and okay. I went elsewhere. Because if you're not doing it for the good of the community, and if you're not doing, not saying that that person wasn't, but I'm just saying that this is the inference that you get when, whenever you say things like that, when you're, when you're doing it for the community and you're, you're saying, you're putting out to the universe, all of these things about, oh, bring back unity in the the creative community, or even like in the, a small black business or, you know, whatever you want to call pro dance boys, because it's all of those great things in one. Don't don't turn it into a, a capital. Don't make it into something that you're gonna really benefit from it. You just these things you go when you audition for a team, you're going out on a whim. When you get an agent, you're going out on a whim. When you get a um, book, you're going out on a whim. Creatives, we know about going out on whims. So don't expect other creatives to not say don't expect, but expect the monetary that you're supposed to get. But if this is something that's truly voluntary, just let's volunteer. Let's let's really just let's grow it before we can give it. Let's grow it. Before yeah, we can give it. yeah. I appreciate you saying that because I mean, especially in this, I don't even say this space because, like you said, it's a business. It's also it's a bunch of different things. But really, I think even with the podcast, could I treat every interview where I'm allowing people to kind of talk about their whatever their business is? I mean, that truly is like a paid spot. Like I'm aware, you know what I mean? Of what exactly value is there with this audience to allow somebody to pitch their company, their business, whatever. But at the end of the day, the greater good is just spreading good information, positive information, something that can help somebody. You know, if I had the perspective of like, sure, you can have an interview, but guess what? You know, this is what I charge to, I mean, would, would it be what it is today? I don't think right. so. And like, like you said, just thinking about, uh, the broader community. And I mean, if I were in that person's shoes, it's like showcasing my talent or my gift in a way on a page that's promoting this for other male dancers to be able to see and aspire to. That's where my brain would be at. You know what I mean? Just because of the good in it. Um, and just the bigger picture. Just think yeah. bigger picture, people. Like just at the end of the day, that's what it's about. But I would say for people who are listening, for pro dance boys, it would be an honor to be featured. You know, if I were a male dancer, that's the way I would be looking at it is just to be a part of that community. I love seeing the support on that page. I can't even tell you, like, it just makes me smile. And the comments, you know, the different posts, learning more about the dancers. I mean, it's content that I feel like is a little bit lacking in some of the teams and the bios and things like that. So I'm here for all the content on Pro Dance Boys. I just appreciate you again for launching that and creating that space because I think it's just, 
very, very necessary. And man, you're just inspiring, I think, a whole new generation of male dancers that are coming into the space. So keep doing what you're doing. That's the mission. (laughs) Well, I want to be mindful of your time. You want to drop it like it's hot with me with a couple questions? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Let's see. You kind of already answered this about kind of the biggest lesson you learned about auditions. So I'm going to skip that one because you kind of mentioned just the virtual step your game up, dance for your life. (laughs) All right, let's see. What is your favorite experience as a performer? You've been all over doing all these things, 106 Park, blah, 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 blah. What was your favorite Mm -hmm. dance performance or experience? My favorite dance experience. Ooh. 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 (laughs) Okay. So I did... Scream tour and I also did Millennium tour and before those things I did the BET experience for the for the BET awards yeah yeah got to meet plenty of people but Omarion was the main one that I wanted because that's a dance man he is a a dancing man (laughs) he's been the dancer Mm-hmm. When he was in the group, he was the dancer. So being able to meet him, I got pictures with him and things like that. Just being able to hone in on that opportunity and really class that the Black excellence in the room was off the chain. It was like a big Black expo. But just that experience winning the dance battle, because that's my roots. Like, yeah, performance is okay. But when we're face to face, one team versus another, one heart versus another heart that's beaten in two different patterns. That is like, it's not even disrespect. It's just like, what do you have? Like, I ain't mad at you. Like, I'm yeah, 100% in, Yeah. And the underground dance scene, uh, that's that's been probably my favorite era of my dance career. Although I love the professional facet. I love everything about being a pro dancer. But my underground dance days, the battle days, back and forth with another team, that was where it was at. So I'd have to say that. Oh, man. Gosh, that just makes me think of, it's the Brooklynettes when I interviewed Chrissy along and she was talking about their auditions process but they have like a little bit of a dance battle component to their auditions. It would add so much. So much. She'll just, and I mean, when she described it, I was just like biting my nails, like, oh my God. Like I would, but you know, it just, she was like, I love that part. She's like, you know, you pick one person, pick another person and there's love and mutual respect, but then they just go at it and they, oh, like that is And so, you know, that would also get so many, let's just tie this in there. We were talking about this plenty of times ago. If you put cameras in those rooms and you add a dynamic like that, like you could literally be taken out tomorrow, not in a, in a malicious way, but like really letting these people that are trying to get onto these teams or that are on these teams and you put yeah. it on camera, that's something to see. I, oh, I, we really? can look at each other. We can look at those boys knocking each other's heads off all day. But what I'm going to tune in to see is if that girl or that guy is going to step up this week. That's what will pull you in. That's, that's what's going to pull you in. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, let's see. If you could go on tour as a backup dancer, which artist would you choose? I'm sorry. I really have to think about this one. <laughs> because, okay, first of all, if I can do, I mean, I'm not going to say career is gone and career but if I could get into someone's prime, Paula Abdul. Oh, okay. If I could be one of those dancers, that see, if you pick up what I'm putting down, that's my drift. Yes. Like that's what yes. I that's where I'm at with with yes. dance, with like my whole 
the face of finesse, everything about my my dance and the what's inside of me is her on that stage with all those people. Janet, yeah. like even though Janet was a Paula baby, that's what I love about it because it was Janet, but she put her own spin on it. Yes. But they both were dancing. And it was nothing that, I mean, I saw a little bit of something about a choreographer wanting to create a program to copyright dance moves. In that era, you couldn't copyright anything because everything was so original. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about this choreography being taken because you can't teach it and you can't learn it because I learned it from a legend. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. The scream choreography, dum, dum, kung, there's just certain things that can't be redone. Like yes. a sample in a song, you can never sample a dance. You may no. be able to redo it, but that feeling when you watch Joyful Joyful at the end of Sister Act 2, you ain't going to get that again. <laughs> You're Ooh, not going to get that oh again. Oh my gosh, you dropping films. <laughs> no, for those moments. And I think that's what I sometimes crave with choreography in our space. Sometimes it just ends up getting... Generic. Very, yeah, very generic and very... Seen that, done that, I don't know. Where it's just lacking a little bit of that creativity or originality where you're like, damn, I want to dance that dance or, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a few choreographers that come to mind where I'm just like, they bring that excitement to me and wanting to perform the choreography. And I know we're getting more limited with the music that we're able to use and all of that, but oh, that's going on. But I just think <laughs> that's where you're nailing like what it is about that era, especially that kind of and that was a question too, 80s or 90s, but I got you. I already know. I already know. Let's see. Right what there. Is, right there. What is the biggest mistake you see aspiring dancers make? Aspiring dancers as a whole or aspiring pro dancers? Let's go pro dancers. Okay. The biggest, I'm not going to say mistake. The one thing that I think they should enhance is their training quality. Not quality as far as like, don't do a turn, but do a leap. But quality as far as who you're looking to, looking for to help train you and help get you to where you need to be. Because there's more than just dancing. You need interview questions. You need uh, mock press interviews. You know, there's all these different mm -hmm. things that you may want to take into consideration and also ask for and also expect a trainer to do. When I started my self-owned business before I joined Pro Dance Prep, I was doing Dance with Don and you can ask my ladies that I had uh, prior to this season, they were like, I was giving it to them, you know, sidelines, choreography, warm ups, breakdowns, you know, stretching, everything that you needed, I had it for you because I just off an inkling was like, if they're coming to train, then let's train them. Then let's train. So yeah. that's what I, that's the only thing that I, I don't see as, I mean, cause you see all of these pro programs and not the people that are going to audition for these teams taking advantage of those things. I even had returners, vets, coming to me and like, hey, can you brush me up? Because these girls are coming. These guys yeah. are coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's good because um, that was one of the reasons that I wanted the episode and feedback and the way I launched the season and for people who are taking these pro team audition prep type programs to kind of speak up about which ones are really helping them reach their goals. Because Right. There's just so many different things that people should be looking for, or like you said, what they should expect that they would receive from it and who they're receiving it from. And so all of those things are super important. They got to really, I think people need to be really selective about yeah. the program or programs, even that they choose to help prepare because, you know, it's your hard earned money and you want to come out of it feeling trained. Not like you just went through a series of classes, but like, yeah. And each one I, is catered to a team. 
like not right. cater to a team, but cater to a style of a general area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they should be aware. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, let's see. What's your favorite emoji? My favorite emoji is the obviously the yellow face with the half moon upside down eyes and the half moon upside down mouth, like the tranquility one. Oh, okay. okay. I send those to people all the time. Like if I'm just like, hey, I'll send that. Or if it's like, yo, I'm so excited, I'll send that or whatever. I also like the snake emoji because I love King Cobras. Okay, scale of one to 10, how good of a driver are you? Living in this area, you're very good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's very <laughs> quickly developing in this area. Okay. Uh, if you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? The 80s. The 80s. I want to be able to like, I mean, I do this now, but like walk into the club with a crop top on and some shorts and really get down. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you could live in any sitcom, which one would it be? These are good questions. <laughs> oh. A sitcom. So you're talking about sit at the table, eating dinner with your family type of show. It can be in. Uh, let's just go any TV show. Okay, same. Without a doubt. I'm sorry. I'm going to stay in that era because I the passion is there. I, I would say to my own horn, the talent is there. The hunger yeah. is there. I just know that I would fit in so well with is it Jeffrey, Jimmy, whatever his name is, and uh, just all of them. Debbie Allen. I just need Debbie Allen. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, she makes yeah. me melt. Her and Felicia Rashad, and just they just keep elevating. She's the dean of the performing arts uh, department at Howard now. Crazy. Isn't that amazing? I just I know. Oh, that made me so happy when I saw that news. Okay, let's see. Describe an experience where you took a huge leap of faith. My rookie season, that was my question before I performed. Oh, really? Yes. Before you performed? Oh yes. They asked me. Um, in this past year, what was something that you basically went out on a whim? It was auditioning for a pro team mm. because mm. I, I didn't know, like you could ask the ladies that were on the team that I'm on now before I even got on the team and I was working in promotions and marketing. I would ask them all the time, like, what's your experience? Like, what would I need to do? Like, what, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, blah. And you know, they see talent or they already know that I have the talent. They're like, you can just come. So I just went, like, that was the only mistake I made was not getting proper training prior to but I went mm. and I shined and that was probably the most proud of myself I've ever been wow I love that because we surprise ourselves when we put ourselves yeah. in, those, in those situations where maybe you weren't the most prepared um right. you learn a lot and you learn a lot about yourself I think in the process um mm -hmm. last question looking okay. back on your entire pro cheer or just your entire dance experience is there anything that you would have done differently? Ooh. <laughs> okay. If we're talking about strictly dance, and this mm -hmm. is me being 100, I would not have gone to a four-year professional college. I would mm -hmm. have stuck to my wits and really tried to get into performing arts school and things like that. Because you need to be around your people. You need to be, not saying that I didn't find my people in school, but yeah. I still don't have, I mean, my dance friends are gone. Like they've either gone to agencies or they moved to find a better outlook or uh, infrastructure for dance and things like that. Like they're gone. So I wish I found like my actual place in the industry to grow from. Finding a mentor 
and all these other things. Cause I still don't, I have people that I may look up to may uh, have some styles that derive from certain professionals and celebrities and things like that. But I still don't have like a person, a male or a female that I call like, Hey, I'm about to do this audition. What should I do? Or, Hey, I just did this audition and I made it. Or like, you know, I have my mom yeah. or something like that, but I don't have anybody that really gets it. Like, that like could feel feel me shaking through the phone like I know you're excited like or like yeah. to, like I can keep describing but I don't have I never really got that I made what I had made the best of what I had but that would be the main thing I would have gone to either a performing arts college or just shot at right after high school shot for the stars of my career wow that's really interesting especially when I think of well I don't want to say I can speak for like a male dancer's experience but I just think it's, you nailed it when you said just being around people who have a similar interest and passion as you with whatever that is, because I think it nurtures you in a way that is just so necessary, especially if you're, you know, one of the few or, you know, you really don't have, I won't say proper support, but it's just something about surrounding yourself with people who are on the same path as you, same passions. And like you said, the opportunity to train and really grow in the ways, if you actually are going to a a performing arts school, like you said, the training going to get from a just complete comprehensive 360 perspective. I mean, you can get some of those lessons through trial and error or different jobs or whatever that you might, or experiences in dance that you might encounter. But that's a really interesting. When I think of like my son, and I know he's kind of like, I'm, I'm cool on dance right now, mom, but I just feel like it's not even something that's discussed enough at high school in terms of like options. No. For- so I'm glad you say that because when I was in school, so like I said, I live in a very conservative, predominantly white area. I went to a mm-hmm. high school and there was a high school in this area that had a dance team, hip hop dance team. I danced with the choreographers that were over the dance team and things like that. I even resulted to going and trying out for the step team because that's the only outlet I had to get mm-hmm. it out of me when I was in school. And I did that my junior and senior year. So I didn't find that until later on in high school. So if it's not in your face, if it's not presented to you and, and you feel like you have to go out and find it, Unfortunately, at that age, you don't want to do it. So I told my mama one day, I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to go to school. She was like, you don't want to go to school. So what are you going to do? So that moment, I was like, okay, well, then I guess I guess I'm going to go to school because at that time I was still, you know, didn't have a job. I was still going out on this whim with my dance team. I probably had been asking everybody in my family for money to go to LA and then to be able to stay there and be able to eat there and stuff like that. I'm only 23, but I could write a book of the struggle of, of being a passionate young African-American male that just wants to dance because Ooh. that's all I wanted to do. But it was like everywhere I went, I'm trying not to get emotional. Everywhere I went, it wasn't accepted. Like there were things that have been said in my family. There are things that have been said in school. There are things that were said in college. There are people and looks that I already know what they're saying in their head that have always made a person like me feel insecure. But until here recently, insecurity became a word that I couldn't even define anymore. Because as I tell my clients, you can't grow from comfort. There's nothing good that comes out of being welcomed in a, into a situation. If you don't walk into a room and people stop and stare, you walk into a room and people can feel your presence, or if you say a word, or if you move your body, or if you just dance, or if you do anything and people just don't don't marvel at what you do, I just don't get what what, what are you doing? Like whether, whether if you want to run a chainsaw, if you want to flip burgers, if you want 
to dance on a stage. Regardless of what you're doing, if you're not doing it the best way that you can do it, then mm-hmm. what are you doing it for? So that's yeah, always that's been true. my that's always been my forefront. That's always been my thing. And in college, I went through a lot of depression and I went through a lot of being lost and confusion and you know, mixed emotions from different people, losing friends, gaining friends, thinking that friends were actually there for me and they actually weren't. And that was all, that was all from me trying to create a community and trying to find my people in this small Mm -hmm. conservative town. Like J. Cole said, there's beauty in the struggle. There's beauty in you trying to get there because once you get there, you have something to give to the next generation. I am the next generation and I already know that I have something to give to somebody that's trying to come up you know because with influencers coming around and all those types of things the lines of performance and entertainment have been blurred and Mm -hmm. I always call a dancer an entertainer because there's so many like we've been saying time and time again there's so much more that goes into it than just dancing you need to be the full package if you want to be on that commercial in that show if you want to be on that musical all these different types of things that you can get out of being if you even want to just be a street performer you have to make the people feel something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can feel that stuff through videos on YouTube and videos on Facebook. I remember I heard two women singing inside of a subway singing, he wants it all off of Facebook. It was like a super viral video. And the way mm. that those two ladies, they were homeless, the way that they were singing that song, it was like, it was the only song. If they sang that song, then God was going to bless them with a million dollars, but it wasn't about that. Right, it was because right. they were displaying their love for what they did. They were displaying their love they had for God. Whenever you're doing anything that you love, that's God's, that's him manifesting his love through you. It's not about mm-hmm. going to church and doing, going to school and just getting the American dream. It's about really being abundantly the true person that you're supposed to be. Being comfortable in your own skin, being comfortable in your day to day. I could wake up tomorrow and have $1 in my account, which I have had on multiple occasions and still go out and do everything that I need to and want to, and probably come home with a thousand times that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, Whatever, mm-hmm. I mean, cause good comes to people that put good into the universe. And I just know that I've done great for the universe. I don't litter, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. But there's like, <laughs> there's just so much more yeah. to like just living day to day. I hate that I'm uh, rambling, but I just want you to get the full sense of me. Yeah, but I appreciate just the moment of being able to to talk about that. Because again, like my son is not in a space of thinking that dance is his thing, but I've seen something that lights him on fire when he's performing. Like it's undeniable. And it's not something I'm pushing in any direction at all. But it's just one of those things where I know with him doing like the Alvin Ailey dance program that he was in and being one of the few male dancers, he was very secure. Huh? I didn't get accepted. To the dance, to the youth program that they had? Oh, no, into the actual. Oh, the actual, actual. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I just throw it out. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was just thinking of like, you know, if he was around more of his people, even in the sense of other more male dancers. I mean, I know yes. that, there's that he was an example for other little boys, because this is like a middle school age program that it probably would have enriched his experience or maybe even where he still would want to do it if it weren't. Yeah. You know, if he had been around his people in that way. And dance is one of those things. If it's in you, it's in you. You'll come back to it. You can walk away and come back with one of those things. But I was just curious from your perspective, because I know that it, like you said, if it's not right in front of you, especially if you're in high school 
you can tell people to go research and figure out what you want to do and all these kinds of things, but that's, you're just not thinking like that at no 17, no. 18 years old. You're not going to research your own pathway of potential options for you. It's something that you really, you just have to see it differently. And, and I think yeah. just knowing that a performing arts school, but just, you know, whatever lights your fire, if there's a specific program that you can take where you're focusing in on that and maybe not going the typical route of a four-year university where it just kind of sucks whatever joy you might have. Yeah, you're not man. Eating that true thing. It's just something that's worth thinking about. And I think that's even with any step that you can take in your life, like pushing you in a direction where you're like, if this is what you truly want to do, then you should be doing exactly doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was the biggest lesson I had to learn over those four mm-hmm. years. I should not mm-hmm. should have, could have, would have. But right. once you're done with this, you better go do what you want to do. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And think that you're only 23. And I mean, that's that's mind blowing. I mean, not that I thought you were old by any means but no like, I get it a lot I get it a lot okay because I'm like yeah. I'm like adding up all of these experiences and I'm like he can't be and all of this love for the 80s I'm like well maybe you just you get the old soul a old lot then so yeah I do I get that all the time and music <laughs> oh and creativity just goes back my great aunt she created a dress out of newspaper so like there's just a prom oh. dress out of newspaper in in like the late 90s man it's just like it just resonates in my blood mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been such a pleasure getting to know you, Donovan. Yes. Like in my mind, I already knew you, but I'm just, I feel so much more like just yeah. enriched by getting your full essence and getting to know you today. I'm so yeah. happy. Me too. <laughs> I think we covered, oh my gosh. Okay. I have been mesmerized watching your freaking skating videos. I know it was like, Thank maybe, you. I just. That's I my thing. Even, so like growing up, thing. like okay. I said, that growing up, like I said, there wasn't much to do for me just like one of those things like we went skating on friday and if okay. you on the floor at the skating it's much like atl in every skating rink no matter where you're at if you fall you're trash like but if you can make the ladies look at you or you know anybody look at you yeah that, that those days if the girls are looking at you if they want to talk to you afterwards that you did your job so these yeah. days i just i just it all circled back during the pandemic when it just blew up i was like i, I got skates in the closet from years ago but i had to get myself some new skates and all that and then i had to learn these new styles and that's just another like i said i have one track mine in a lot of different places that mm-hmm. one is another one that has my heart because it takes you out of the the, the real and it makes it surreal yeah when i grew up in california um in san diego that used to be a thing my dad would go bowling there was a skating ring next door and just yeah i was that good but i loved watching it it's, i love Loved watching it. It was just one of those. Yeah. It's mesmerizing what people do on skates. Yeah. Anyway, that was random as hell. But I was, you're going tonight? Yeah. Okay. I'll be looking at your Instagram then. Well, I'm again. Thank you so much for your time today. No I just the episode of my dreams and all the things that we touched on. Beautiful. I thank you. I'm sending you nothing but good tidings and blessings. I'll see you whenever yeah. I see you. Same back to you. I one of these days I'll be traveling even more. I've been going Me too. All, but I'm ready. I'm here for it. Nashville has been on my list of places that I wanted to explore. Come out. You have not okay. been out until Nashville turns you out. <laughs> I'm you, yes. you say no more. Okay, that's it. It's on my list and it should happen this year. Whenever my hair will survive the humidity and the heat, that's when I'll come. Maybe early fall. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I love you from a distance. I'll see you later. Okay, Donna, take care.
Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.